You're having a threesome with Jennifer Golden, Lauren Leonelli, and Rob Evers. And now, it's complicated. Hello, Master Daters. Welcome back for another episode of It's Complicated. The struggle is real when you're dating in the city. I'm Jen. And I'm not Jen. And I am Rob. So you know how you ask your friends where you should take your first date? What on earth this text means? And if it's okay to post a certain pic on the socials? Well, that's what we call your village, and we think you can't date or relate without them. Welcome to our village, and you should be pumped to be here because we are bringing you expert guests who are filled with all the answers that will take some of the guessing out of the game. Make sure you subscribe and share our podcast with your friends so we can help the village grow even bigger. You can find us at It's Complicated Podcast wherever you get your pods, and don't forget to tell a friend. Groups of friends are like little cute containers that hold different types of people who are experiencing life at their own particular pace, right? Okay, so let's say you like meet in high school or college, then you're all pretty much like on the same stage of life at that point. But as this group grows together, and you go through life together, and you stay friends, you start noticing that the milestones start hitting people from this friend group at like vastly different times, right? So we just take this podcast, for example, we all met, we were single, in LA trying to live the dream and like here we are what like 20 years later like one of us has moved out of the state and is single and mingling one of us just moved in with her fiance and one of us is moving through marriage and motherhood like we're the same but different so does this mean that the friends you met in high school college or at your first job or in some people's case drunk in a club bathroom 10 years ago should no longer be a part of your friend group Well, it's hard to take advice from your high school buddy who's getting ready to send his kid off to college when you're swiping on the apps and you need advice on a profile pic, right? Like those two things are not the same. They're just like completely different phases of life. Who do you call then when 99% of your friend group is single and out painting the town red and you're in a fight with your boyfriend and you need advice and probably to just vent? How do you maintain friendships when you're all at various stages of your life? This is very, very exciting topic because this is kind of what I'm in with one of my best friends and uh, his wife actually asked me about this on her podcast. But today on our podcast, we are excited to talk about this very topic with Southern Charm's own Craig Conover, who is on the pod today to discuss how to have fun and stay loyal when your friend group isn't on the same page. You know, or if you're dating someone that who can relate to your reality is the secret to successful relationship and how to keep your friend group intact, regardless of which act of life that they are in. We are so excited. Craig Conover, if you don't know him, but you probably do, is a reality TV personality author and entrepreneur based in Charleston, South Carolina. He is best known for his appearance on the hit Bravo television series, Southern Charm also for his home decor brand, Sewing Down South, Cute Pillows, and being the host of the very popular podcast, Pillows and Beer, which he hosts with fellow co-star of Southern Charm, Austin Kroll. His friend group might be single and ready to mingle, but at least he and his girlfriend are on the same page. Welcome to the show, Craig. Hey, guys. Uh, hey, I'm excited buddy. to be on. This is actually my first um, podcast that I believe that, uh, uh, you know, first podcast that I'm being a guest on in a really long time. Oh shit. Well, that we're flattered. Thank you for yeah, doing that I'm for excited. us. Well, man. I mean, we're about to, with the show coming back in September, I have a feeling that this uh, circuit is about to, to heat up and uh, what better place to start than with you guys. And it's complicated. Well, we'll we're, we promise to go easy on you and ease you. We'll <laughs> lube up the. Rob never goes easy. Just fasten your seatbelt. Also, the title of our show gives it away. Nothing's yes, easy. It's all true. complicated. Yeah. We'll use as much lube as possible into your. Rob, I'm still trying to. I did we go to uh like Sir or one of the other restaurants that night, or did we? Where did we start that night? No. So for everybody listening, uh, Craig and I met about four years ago when Bo and Stasi first started dating. I think it was four years ago, something like that. I think it was 2018 or so, yeah, around there. And uh, Craig was in town visiting, doing promotions, doing something. And of course, Bo, Stasi, and I had to go to Belmont and do Belmont That's karaoke right. and get right. fucked up. And uh, Stasi decided, you know, she hangs as long as she can. And this is pre-kids. So that was pretty long. So 
she decides it's time to go home, which meant, Bo, you know, he, they just started dating. Bo's like, well, I'm fucking out of here. And you and I looked at each other and were like, that was the, that's the karaoke bar that everyone goes to, right? Okay. Now yes. it's all coming together. And uh, Rob reminded me that I passed out on his couch that night, which, uh, I mean, what a, what a funny decade that it has, has been. Well, listen, you were, you, I tell Bo and Stasi all the time, how good of a friend you are, and especially Stasi, because you were convincing me that Stasi was the right person <laughs> for Bo. And I was like, I don't think that she's not. And you just, you just, it was about an hour and a half of you, like, grabbing my collar being like you got to really, accept uh, her <laughs> real passionate about things but i do remember uh how much that he embraced her gothic side and i just always thought that was mm. so sweet i actually messaged him the other day um because we've done valentine's day with bone stasi before actually uh Paige and i and um i know we'll bounce around a lot but when he proposed and like i remember he one time he did like a valentine's day or a birthday for her and it, he made it like all gory and like blood everywhere mm-hmm. and that's when i was like oh like i think this might be the guy and then when he proposed in the cemetery i was like what a sweet thing to do is like no matter like how weird you think it is but to do something for you know that your partner likes is is pretty neat and that's the thing too, right? I mean, she needed somebody that was going to kind of go along with her dark passenger, as she calls it, you know? And it's and you have to have that kind of stuff in common. And I, I was on Stasi's podcast and I told her, I was like, she was talking about, you know, whether I approved of the relationship at first, because I had watched uh, Vanderpump from before. And I knew, you know, you know, Sandoval right. and, you know, people in LA, you know, everybody from everywhere before you, or, you know, before you know them all together. And I told him, I was like, you might want to watch season one Stasi, and just, you know, make a decision. And then once he was like, I don't care. I'm in. And then decided to go on the show himself. I was like, all right, this guy's, I'm just supporting this. Yeah. I feel like Bo was someone that would probably like was a staunch opponent of ever filming a reality show. Oh fuck. (laughs) Yes. You have no, I mean, he would make fun of me so much because I'm a reality TV whore. I've been, I've been watching you guys since the beginning. I watch everybody and he would make so much fun of me. And then when I, the first time I saw him on screen, I was like, ha, yeah. ha. Well, so, Jen's known Bo for a long time too. So you can attest to that. And I know Bo through Jen as well, but not obviously as good as you guys. And, but do you, Bo's been on the pod before, you, but on, yeah, when, you when you guys were hosting. Yeah. You think though, like we're talking about, you know, these two worlds colliding, like where somebody is like totally opposite, like Bo, for example. And then um, he kind of like comes into to his partner's world and accepts these things. How do you do that without having like outsiders? Because there's a line, right? Like, how do you do that without having like your, your friends being like, who the fuck is Bo? Like questioning his like integrity for himself because he's doing these things that you would have never thought he was doing. How do you mend those two things without looking like you've lost yourself? Your resolve. I mean, the reality TV one's a little, um, I think unique. I think there's a little more forgiveness in that because we see that with a lot of people, right? Like that's why I could instantly guess he, I mean, he, he looks like someone that would say, I'm never going to film or make photos. Like hundred um, yeah, percent. However, like, I'd like to revisit the fact that he was in that like weird bands, uh, music video so he would no he was he he's always been like a com- he's always been like a commercial actor and stuff look <laughs> the days of the reality tv like you reality tv's taking our jobs like yeah. that shit's gone right. you know and, and i think um you know we dealt with it a lot in charleston i mean we started in 2014 so we were really on i mean vanderpump had just started but like we were still on the tails of jersey shore and i think that mm. Any show, any reality, like that's what a reality show was, by the way. I mean, I was a big fan of Jersey Shore. Somehow I've still not met those guys. Um, (laughs) But I think I saw Snooki in an airport once. But, um, (laughs) you know, for a place like Charleston where there was no uh, there was no cinematic like world here. You know, we were we were untouched. And to introduce that there was a, you know, they can only say docu-series so long, uh, mm-hmm. which makes me laugh every time I see that word. Uh, and for those listening that don't know, reality shows are all started as docu-series. Um, and that's what mm-hmm. they like to call themselves. <clears throat> um, you know, Charleston was pissed. And I, you know, all you can do is... like your goal is not to prove anyone wrong, but all you can do is prove them wrong by not being, you know, their biggest fears. You don't really let it 
you know, affect you, but you treat the town with respect and you show the town what good can come from it. And, um, you know, it, there was a lot of restaurants that first season that said no to us filming that I was even friends with that by second or third season, they were, you know, they had their own spinoff shows texted, now. Well, spin-off <laughs> shows, but texting me, you know, being like, yo, when are you going to come film here? When are you going to come? Yeah. Film here? Because it's just something that people don't understand. And you can't really fault, uh, fault someone for that. At least, you know, I, I just, I've seen that so many times and I think that's an easy one to. Well, but tying in the small town of Charleston and Bo and the whole relationship thing, being a small town of Charleston and knowing about reality TV, Bo didn't want to get into it, but Bo's in Los Angeles and Bo does other stuff in the, in the entertainment world and whatnot. When you guys date somebody, and this is what Stasi told him when they first started dating. Like if this is going to work, you have to be on the show. This is my life. Yeah. You know? So when you start dating somebody in Charleston, which we're seeing, especially in this up, we saw the trailer, fuck, you know, but like you start dating somebody in these towns, they become, they're changing their lives because now they're going to be a part of this show. So are there, do you find like dating in a small town pre-page that people were hesitant <sighs> to even go there with you guys because they knew what it entailed or, or was it easier? Or the yeah. reverse, right. like just trying to get on the show. Yeah. I think both of those things exist. Um, the reverse, I see a lot, you know, I, I see it happen with other people. Not, I, I just have been a little different in that manner. I actually used to think that I dated so far outside of it. Um, but what you learn is that like, no one really is outside. Like there, it's harder to find someone outside of this world than, than you think. Um, as in, there are, there's millions and millions and millions of people who do not care who you are, but sometimes when you're dating, you can be very convinced that someone is, has the right reasons for dating you and then find out that no, they, they, uh, had the show in the back of their mind. Um, you know, I, I, I'm like, I dated a girl that whose family, you know, my ex, like who was on the show for, you know, years ago. And then some, you know, it, it all changed. And then she was in the TV world, but her family was staunchly against it. And, um, I think she was too at first. And I, yes, sorry. I don't, you, you do become part of our world. Um, I think that that's something as a main character on one of these shows that you convince yourself is not a truth and mm. you can have a relationship and it not become a part of the show. I mean, you, you really, truly, honestly tell yourself that, um, as looking like as being in this for a while, there's just no truth to that. So like even Madison on our show, um, you know, found a great guy, gotten married and was like, Brett, it's like, you know, his work doesn't afford him the ability to come on our show. It's not going to happen, blah, blah, blah. Even she was forced this year to be like, all right, like either you leave the show or you show your relationship, keeping your relationship secret just doesn't work. Cameron, you know, unfortunately we lost Cameron to that, um, mm. you know, RIP cause we love Cameron. Um, and so for me, I absolutely love dating someone in the same business as me because I truly don't see how it would work outside of this. I can't speak for everyone, but there is just no way to understand the, the ins and outs of our daily lives, the pros and cons, because like, if you were to bitch about any part of the, you know, the kind of the, like, it's a very unhealthy business to be in, especially mentally, like your mental health. And like, you have to just be aware of that. But if you're dating someone that doesn't have those same issues, <laughs> they'd be like, cry me a river. I had to go to work from nine to five. I had to deal with clients all day. And I'm sorry that you, you know, I can't even say it on here without sounding silly, you know, like yeah. the, the problems, but then I'm not being that articulate Wait, right now. I'm just saying. Like, no, no, no. It makes sense. Yeah. And this is, and it's, it's why we, you know, we were going to ask you anyway about Paige, who is awesome, by the way, but you guys met at Winter House. Winter House? Yeah. Well, we had actually met uh, at Summer House at Kyle's birthday years ago. And so mm -hmm. Austin had gotten a tech. Austin was trying to convince me and Shep to go to this party and we had just filmed our reunions. We were in the Hamptons. We were all fighting 
But I actually was like, I think that's the show with the girl I kind of have a crush on, which was Paige. And so we finally, Austin lied to us and said that the network told us to go because we were like, we can't go to this. We're going to get in trouble. When re in reality, it was just a producer who does not work for the network. They work for the individual show. Yeah. So we walked in and I walked right up to Paige and like, kind of like talk shit to her to go on the water slide with me. Like I challenged her to a race and we went down the water slide. So I was like, Oh, like, all right. Like she likes me too. And then she walked away from me and didn't talk to me for two years. Which <laughs> seems like, seems like Paige. And right? she yeah. had, was, had a boyfriend at the time and was like, mm -hmm. I kind of, you know, liked you. I, I just, I walked away to be like a good girlfriend or whatever. To be smart. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So we didn't see each other for like two years. And then we filmed Winter House together and they didn't tell her that I had a girlfriend. And so she was actually coming to Winter House thinking that I was single. Oh. Um, and then finally, after that, we were both single at the same time and were able to start talking, which was- Because she admitted before that she was a fan of Southern Charm. Yeah, right? but I didn't, so I didn't know that until like- this Thanksgiving or something. And her mom like called her out and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, we used to watch you and we thought you were stupid, but that's awesome. That's okay. Yeah. That's great. Look at you now. But so do you think being in a relationship with somebody who is in a similar scenario makes it easier because you can commiserate about all of the different things and, and you also understand what like press is like. That and, and you want, you got to understand editing. Uh, I just, I really don't think I could be, I, I would ever make it to marriage with someone that wasn't in the business because like, yes, it's reality TV, but there's, you know, every production company is different. Every show's different. Contextual things are different. And like, I have to be okay with Paige going away on the weekends and like mm -hmm. doing her job. And like, I understand what that job is. And I, 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 I just think if I didn't have the history in the business that I did, I would be like, well, why do you have to, you know, right. drink and play these games? You know, is it like a catch 22 though? Are you like, fuck, I know they're going <laughs> to, what I know they're about to get into some shit yeah. before cause it's TV, but then you're like, but there's cameras there. So she's not going to do anything super bad because the, the big brother eye is watching. Well, and that, the that's the thing. It's not by being in the same business. It's not what I'm worried about Paige doing. It's you have to understand that like she can do everything perfectly. And you know, she's a great mm -hmm. girlfriend and a very honest girlfriend. That does not mean that what you see on TV is going to look that way. And you have to understand that just like, you know, we filmed for four months with Southern Charm and like, fortunately, you know, she gets upset at some things, but she's also able to be like, it's just, it's just the business. Just yeah. Right. And then do, and then uh, um, do the producers come in at all? Do you know what, like when people, people ask me about all the Vanderpump people they're I'm like, they're like, oh, it's scripted. Oh, it's this. I'm like, uh, do you want to look at my phone? Cause that shit, the drama that's going on on that show is going on in my phone right now. It's, and I'm not even on the damn show. Yeah, you they, know? Were, they were actually, um, we share some producers and we have some really good friends. Actually, uh, Aaron, Aaron, you want to give Aaron a shout yeah, out? Aaron texted me before, uh, yesterday and was like, oh, you're going to Rob's podcast. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, she was actually in my kitchen when the Vanderpump Rules stuff broke this year. Mm. And like, we have a we have a pretty crazy season on Southern charm. And I was like, <laughs> everyone's going to think we copied Vanderpump. But then <laughs> oh. we didn't. I was like, where well, this is already happening. But um, yeah, I, you know, even when I was practicing, you know, I mean, I still have a law firm, but even when I was actively practicing law every day, I always felt that I got along better with, you know, attorneys, even though your professors were always like, don't date another lawyer. But like, I like shit. Like, I enjoy. Wait, do they really teach you that in school, in law school, that you pay well, yeah, lots of money they, for? Well, they recommend you not to date <laughs> another attorney. I love that life advice in law class. Yeah, like, really? and they also say Shonda Rhimes wouldn't have a career if that was. The they case. also say everyone should have a prenup, which they are always like. If we find out any of our students don't get a prenup, like don't ever speak to us again. Which is convos I've had with Kyle on Winter House and Summer House that didn't make air. And I was like, I had the most articulate conversation yeah. about this. Like, Maybe why can I? Us. I'm about to get married. Give me your law advice. 
Well, it's just, it's everyone thinks that it means like if someone cheats that you don't get your fair share, but infidelity- Or you don't trust them or you don't trust them. Yeah, but infidelity clauses nullify prenups. So like if someone gets caught cheating, like the prenup doesn't count. So like Mm. it's really, um, it, it would be like, my advice is it's like going to court without a lawyer. Like there's so much more to a prenup other than like what we know, you know, based on like the- the, what was the playboy, the playmate that dated the 80 year old and like got yeah, all his money? The, um, Anna the, Nicole Smith. Anna Nicole Smith. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think I, I enjoy, um, you know, sharing the experience with Paige. I think we've kind of changed the game a little bit with the crossover. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we've both stayed in our lanes pretty well and uh, respected again that it's a job at the end of the day. And, um, I mean, that's important to have that kind of not like I see it's hard to like, I'm an actor, right? And I've dated actresses my entire life, which is why I'm still single. But like, I always say I'm never dating an actress again. Now, the thought process would be, well, you get what she's doing. You get she's going to work and then there's cameras and the sex scene is like 80 (laughs) people and like a boom hitting you and like all that other shit. But I'm like, no, I have to date somebody who's probably hot, probably going to get flirted with, with their castmate. And then, you know, is actually hooking up with somebody at work. And I'm like, my, I just can't handle that. Yeah. The I, fact I, that- I, I talked to David Arquette's a buddy. And one time I was like, how do you not fall in love with someone? You're like your, your co-star. How do you not fall in love with your co-star? And he goes, you do. <laughs> That's yeah. why I have a baby with Courtney. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But I remember something mean that um, a girl that I dated uh, said to me, I mean, it was like a, it, 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 you, you guys wouldn't know who she was, but I remember like fans ran up to me and it was the first time her insecurity came out and you know, you're hopefully you're nice is, you know, you're nice to fans. And it was like a bachelorette party. And like, they came up, I took a picture, um, said hi to them and they walked away and she like, was like, it's not like you're Justin Bieber or something like, mm. as if I was like doing this to look cool. And I was like, it, it, that just like explains it. I was like, you just, it, there's, you don't get it. Yeah. You don't yeah. get it. And there's some, and also if you were an asshole to those people, then that's going to get out. Yeah, what, or if what you am said I supposed no, to do? tell them to fuck off, you know, like <laughs> you can't yeah. control other people. That's the other thing that you were just addressing earlier is that if you watch the show and the editing tells a certain story, it's helpful for you and Paige to understand that editing may look, make something look worse than it really is because you're going to have to listen to the trolls on the gram being like, ew, Paige totally disrespected Craig by doing that. Even though you know that's not what happened, you guys understand that. It's not going to start another layered argument about her disrespecting you to the public or whatever. Like yeah. you have to deal with all those different things. You're you're on the same page. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. That well, There you go. You got to throw that in there. I, look, and it, and it hasn't, and I think a, not misconception, but I don't know if we've talked about it that lot, uh, that much. Like it hasn't been easy, right? Like it, it's, it's taken some work. Like there have been some arguments, but I think well, the long distance plays into it, right? Yeah. The long distance well, has to be a major factor. We're never really apart. Like that's what they don't like to say. Like we're either in New York together or we're in Charleston. So we're not like the, like, yes, long distance is a challenge, but we've made that work. But I just think like without us being in the same business, it, we wouldn't have lasted, but like we're able to talk through it. And, mm. um, you know, I told Cameron once I was in, I used to leave the country when Southern Charm would air. Um, and I remember her calling me all upset and me being like, Cameron, riddle me this. Like if you left the country and like it was back before internet was what it is now. So this was an early season. And like you didn't hear anything that anyone said about you. And then you came home after the show and everyone had moved on. How would you, how would your life be different? Like how would it change that you never saw all the hate and that you never responded? And she was like, it wouldn't. And I was like, well, that's how you have to think about this stuff is like it's not your friends and family yeah. that are saying this stuff. I mean, it's hard, but it's poison. And if you do read that shit, like I was on... So I haven't been on Reddit in, I think I'm oh, up God. to six months now because it got to the point where it was starting arguments or like maybe it was a year, whatever it was, because like you get in these routines when you open your phone, you know, you click on Instagram, you click on Reddit. And I had been, I mean, I'll be honest about this. My, 
I, I was being like petted on Southern charms, Reddit. So like everything was positive. So I was overinflating like my confidence with this app. And then all of a sudden like summer house and winter houses, Reddit is very dark and very evil. Yeah. And like it's run, I, there's so much to say about it, but I had gotten in a bad routine of reading stuff and all of a sudden it does poison you and you start mm -hmm. to like, and it was hard to break, but I just decided one day to take my own advice and, um, and haven't looked in like at least over a half a year, but man, does it, it, it does have the ability to affect your mindset. I can't, I can't imagine with, with that. I mean, I, I've, I've been a target of Reddit just from being Hartford's godfather <laughs> and being like, I posted once that I was proud Hartford's proud godfather. And I'm, people were like, have you seen Reddit? You're all over the place and they are like killing you right now. And I was like, what the fuck? You you have to, it's like in any relationship, what any, any ever layer you want to talk about, like if it's like outside friend groups that like are saying things that are negative, like you have to figure out how to filter out the negativity, but you have to identify it first. Like you did, Craig, you're just like, this is what it is. This is where the negativities come from. I have to just like t make a conscious effort to like drown out the noise without being blind, but right. you have to figure out which things are just not useful to you. And like, speaking of that, if you have a friend group that like we touched on this earlier, that is like living in a much different time in their lives than you are. Like, for example, when you're filming, like, how does that go? Up? How do you feel you can like kind of navigate through that when we saw the trailer for this upcoming season of Southern Charm, like things are crazy. And like, everyone's like unhinged and like, single and doing whatever they want to do. And you're not how do you feel like you fit into that? And then like, for people who aren't on a reality TV show, how do you be in a friend group where you're in a solid relationship, but like most of your friends aren't, you feel like you can't relate. Yeah. yeah I mean, and then you want to give them advice because you're like, I've, I'm, I've been there, done that. Listen to me, you know? Yeah. I think you'll get to see a, a, I think you'll get to see a lot of me and Paige this year, which is good. Be, um, you know, hopefully saying what people on their couch are saying, um, you know, I've worked on myself a lot over the last year, which hopefully you'll get to, you know, I know it's, there's nothing, it's not that cool of a thing to spoil, but basically what I had realized was, um, and Sierra actually, uh, from summer house and winter house really got through to me where she was like, Craig, your message, like 99% of the time is correct. And it mm. always gets lost in the delivery. Like there was some really, there was some, some serious shit that happened, um, you know, about a year and a half and I was right. And no one will ever know that because I was hammered drunk and my, it got lost, my message got lost in my delivery. And so that was a big goal of mine, um, this season. Well, and, and just in life and to carry it, you know, out because really it, filming is stressful as hell. So if you don't make these changes in your regular life, you're not going to be able to make them uh, when filming. And so I have a really solid group of friends from college that have always, you know, I would love for them to be involved, but it just kind of stayed, uh, separate. Uh, you know, they live their own lives. They've got their friends and families and their friend Craig is just the crazy guy on, on a Bravo show. But, you know, it, it gets frustrating at time, you know, me and Austin, I mean, we dealt with this when he was with Madison and I think we deal with it a lot this year and just in life, like he really struggles with, um, you know, self-sabotage and self-destruction. Mm. And, um, you know, sometimes you can only, you, you I always in my head, I'm like, you can, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. And I feel like sometimes I've jumped on the back of Austin's head and like held it underwater and he hasn't drank, but he feels like the same with me. And, you know, we, it's funny to hear Paige talk about me in Austin because we have had, you know, some very serious relationship problems. Um, and you we've and been Paige through some are? stuff. You what? You no, and me and Austin. You and Austin. Like, yeah. Me and Austin are like an old married couple. What would you identify those relationship problems as? Because. And do they translate? Like, how do you, do you put them aside when you do your podcast? Do, do you guys talk about it on your podcast? We, we, um, we do, we talk about them now, um, before we would just go like absent. Um, uh, but we talk about them now because we, we, 
<clears throat> I think it was the end of one of the seasons. Sometimes they blend together. We were just like, we have to start to talk about our problems. They stem from us being opposites. Um, they stem mm-hmm. from us being very different on every single thing that exists. And there's like a beauty in that, but it comes with some like, it's very, it's very hard to understand each other sometimes when I would do the exact opposite thing or that he would do the exact opposite thing or handle a situation differently. Yeah. Um, I'm also, you need, you need one person like with like Stasi asked me about Bo and I's relationship since I've moved and now he's going to be the father of two. And she's like, how do you guys keep such a close relationship? I'm like, well, I take the understanding role and I under, I'm not getting mad at Bo for being a dad. Right. If I was mad, then there would there'd be no yeah. room for any kind of relationship when so I'm kind of like leaning into his life as much as I can. Well, I mean or, that's the that's a, just a mature way. Like if yeah. you would do the opposite, it just would be incredibly immature. But I know a lot of people do, and Austin's very good at it. But I also think very good at leaning into your life. Yeah, I think he respects that I'm happy and like you know that I've always kind of wanted to settle down because I think he wants to too. I think he respects the life that I'm living, but it also comes from me putting in effort too. Like I, Mm -hmm. whenever I get a chance, like, you know, like we were in New York, you know, or I'm, I was at the apartment in New York and Austin was in town and Paige was filming. And like, I made an effort to go out and hang with Austin and, you know, go to brunch with him and stuff. And I think both sides have to give, you know, effort to the relationship. Um, But he fortunately really respects, you know, what we have. And even Shep does, which is good. Um, And we seem to, there always seems to be plenty of people to drink with when you're out, you know. Do you think that'll change when you guys start having the little, the little ones? No, I I mean, I I think they, I think Austin handles it really well. Like we, we went to brunch on Sunday uh, at our restaurant carriage house in New York. And then when we came home, like he came back to the apartment with me and him and Paige got to gossip and catch up and then he left. So like, we also got to film together twice for a month straight in the mountains. Like we have these weird, you know, experiences that you don't have. I mean, there's less than like 200 people on the planet that you would ever have that in common with. So, mm-hmm. um, bonding, it's kind of like a bonding thing. Even if you have tumultuous moments, like where you're not feeling like you're aligning. Yeah. yeah exactly like, I mean, I've had to sit back and watch like Austin and Paige fight, you know, like, be- but I have to like weirdly, <laughs> respect that they are their own two individuals. They are their own two Bravo stars. And if they are fighting, it's not my business. I mean, like on camera, on camera, it's not your business. Yeah. Like on camera. I just have a question to ask about the whole fighting thing, because like we've had Vanderpump people on and like all sorts of people on the show. Um, We fight in general with like people in our lives, but the amount of fighting that happens, is it because you are put in situations that require you to fight or is it just that it's like heightened a shortened period of time everything's escalating because you've got to like get through whatever that conversation is while the cameras are rolling because people got to go to sleep I guess cameramen have families too but like why so much fighting well I think we're just all nuts you know I think think (laughs) they cast very well you know I think I think there will be a pivot soon and I think it's happening now. I, I think it got, you know, it seems like there's so much fighting because you only have 45 minutes, you know, for them to concentrate week, a week of filming basically. And so, you know, the getting along, there is, there's people that think that getting along doesn't sell, you know, and positivity doesn't sell. I think that that's starting to take a, a turn. I think we're, we're, I think there's going to be a more balanced, um, you know, more equity on both, you know, positive and negative things. And so, yes, if you're only showing the fighting, it does seem like it's a lot. And yes, we fight a lot because we're all crazy and we're like highly opinionated people. Um, like they have to give a psych test and I got in a fight with the person giving me a psych test. Like, you know, like, <laughs> but, <laughs> We, you know, when they say that reality TV people are one question away from failing the psych test and that's yeah, why they get, because yes. legally they can be, yeah, they're, they're I, I think that would be accurate, but I think, <laughs> you know, if it was up to me and I, and, and this doesn't break any rules, but I, there's just some awesome bonding that 
no one, you know, if there was a live stream sometime, I mean, I would be, you know, in jail probably, but if there was a live stream of our lives, I think that some of that happy, like downtime and some of that, like context would be cool because there is a lot of laying around with each other and a lot of like, you know, getting to know each other that it, it isn't, it, you know, TV time doesn't warrant, but I think that's why it, it seems that we fight a lot, but we do fight a lot. I mean, but I love that you just said that the getting to know each other part, because like going back to friend groups and things like that, we've talked about this. I think before Rob came on the show, Lauren and I talked about Pete pre Rob. It was boring. It's like a it whole, boring show. It's a lifetime ago. I can't even, it's not even real, but <laughs> so we were always wondering like, girls talk about their feelings all the time about dating relationships. That's why we started this podcast. We were two girls talking about relationships. All we did with our friends was talk about relationships. Why not put it on air? But then we realized it's nice to have a male perspective. However, are people helping like guys through these things? I mean, like if you're sitting around with all that, you know, the downtime you said with getting to know you, is that what, like, do you think men would find that valuable to see like actual male friendships and camaraderie and like the deeper conversations and like opening up now? Well, you do get to see those conversations. They don't happen that much. You're right. I mean, if they, if you do have that conversation, you're going to see it. Um, I think this year you have, uh, that to look forward to with Southern charm. Um, we navigate some really weird, um, you know, water, which I, I, it's funny because we're, you know, we're in our thirties and our forties now, but I, I, I like it because it's a lot of stuff that people in their twenties deal with and probably don't get to talk a lot with anyone. And well, like you said, emotional maturity, right? Yeah. You don't, you get to a certain point where you're like, all right, I've, I've had enough of drinking this away and like fist fighting you and wrestling. But I think like Shep, like Shep, Shep is, you'll see a different side of, well, you'll see him be in a position that he hasn't been in before, but uh, you know, I, you can see the struggle with, with opening up, you know, like you'll, mm. you'll watch someone have to face something that they're not used to. And like, you know, I, I feel like I'm good at getting people to open up and talking to, but it's, it's yeah. funny to see some people were taught to like, you know, be shut off and to never be vulnerable. And, um, I was going to say that you seem to be the person that walks into the room and goes, let's, can we fucking talk about this? Yeah. Let's fucking talk. About I definitely this, chase, you know? uh, like I think in relationships, there's two people and we've joked about this. Like there's one that goes and shuts the door in the bedroom and just wants to like chill. And then there's one banging on the door trying to like talk about it. Um, yeah. you know, like Paige and I, like I, I just, I want to, I think it, it's in my nature to want to talk about it right away, you know, right away. And she gets, you saw that on summer house, right? You talk about proposals and she gets, she starts break. Like, you know, but that, yeah, that was, um, it's funny because I, all I ever had to base relationships on was like a rom-com. You know, I thought it was pretty simple. I thought you dated and if you liked each other, you got engaged and then you got married. And, um, I honestly, to her credit, she explained that it's a lot more than that. Um, mm. you know, being engaged comes with a lot. And, uh, she was able to explain it to me, you know, I don't know what aired or not, but in a way that it was like, yeah, one day I want to get married to you, but if we get engaged, then we have to start planning engagement parties and weddings and all this stuff. And like, was able to explain it to me in a way that I could either choose to trust her or not. And I trusted her and my little brother just got engaged to his fiance, Anna, and they're great. But I mean, shit, the schedule now is like that. We have this, we have this engagement party. Christopher's like, well, we're only going to have one now because there's 150 people coming to this one. Our cousins over here are mad. There's family over here, Matt. And like all of a sudden their entire life is this wedding, whether they asked for that or not. And they're pretty chill. Like, I don't, I know they're excited, but, um, Jen, Jen, Jen got engaged in Europe last month and had a, her engagement party planned before her plane touched down <laughs> back in the United States. She's going wedding, wedding dress shopping four times already. Listen, now? Four? Enough oh, that's fun, though. <laughs> point is it does set the train in motion. So some people though have long engagements and there's no rush, but then also the older you get, if you want like certain things to happen, then you kind of do move forward with it. Cause otherwise no one's going to plan it for right. you. I mean, you can hire a planner, but still you have to 
put forth energy toward the end, the result essentially. But if it's not a train you want to uh, put in motion, put in motion, then don't and, get on. But it. that's the point. Like Craig and Paige are obviously like, we'll get to that point at some point. Yeah. Now we just want to enjoy being in a relationship because oh. once that Pandora's box opens, you're just on that train. And I, and I honestly, I was, if it was before we had that conversation, I, I didn't understand this. And like you saying that I would be like, yeah, but if you like each other enough, then why don't you do it? Like, if you're not ready to do it, that means like you're, you're settling or you're waiting to see if there's something else out there when none of that is true. I just like, I did not have the foresight to be like, no, there is just like some serious foundational blocks that I thought you would deal with after you got engaged before you got married. But I now, dude, I'm, I totally agree with you. I'm the kind of guy where I'm like, I mean, I haven't met my person yet. I'm very, very far away. Who knows if I ever will, but like when I do, and I know that I like somebody then I'm going to be like, or that I want to marry them. I'm going to be like, okay, well let's do this then. Right. And then same thing. There's a, there's a thing in my brain. I don't know where we got it in our generation of men, but my, my dad was a Southern guy. So maybe that's where it's from. But like, then there's a whole nother level of trust. Then there's a whole nother level of commitment. Then it's a whole nother level of like, we don't have to get married for two years, but you saying yes to this ring means like you're committed to me. Right? So the ceremonies aside, the second you take this ring and say yes, then that's yes to me. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and, that- and, and that's like part of me putting my insecurities aside, you know, I think, you know, what would being engaged do for me? Um, mm-hmm. Because it's not a lot as the guy, like you don't have to wear a ring. You don't get asked all the questions for me. It would just be if I wasn't able to kind of combat, you know, those insecurities of being like, well, what, maybe this doesn't happen, but that's on me. You know, that's not on me to put on to my partner. And so I think that's um, it's been interesting, but exciting. And um it's funny because, you know, a year ago, I, if I was talking to myself, I would have thought I was ready. And then, you know, and then I could easily go to Paige's parents and be like, oh, like, obviously you're going to say yes. But then to be a year from there <laughs> yeah. and to be a, uh, oh, I honestly feel like I'm a very different person. And it, like, than I was last year, you're like, wow, a lot really does happen in a year. And mm. it's going to continue to change. I can speak from coming to, from a position of like, being engaged, like we never had a wedding, but we technically got married, had two kids. Like you can also, all of you guys, and I can still say this, can talk about everything all you want. And like, this is going to happen and let's talk about this and let's figure this out. But you change so much as a person, like a sole individual that your thoughts on something a year ago could flip, you could flip the script on yourself. Then you've got kids and then that changes your you and how you communicate and everything. And it's not always good, but it is important to remember that you have made a commitment and that you have to go through these times together where like you're exhausted or you're like annoyed because you've got kids crawling on you or whatever you're planning a wedding and you're whatever it is. Like you have to remember that this commitment, even before the ring should feel really solid, right? Like, then the ring puts another layer on it, but also then you just you just keep changing and evolving. The goal is to do it together. I think to to your point, Lauren, that like what, from what Craig's saying too is that like Paige always knew she wanted to get married one day, and Paige always knew she was going to, and Paige always knew there was going to she was going to find her perfect person. And like for us guys, we don't know, you know, what I mean, we don't start planning marriages when we're kids. We don't fantasize about that and all that other stuff. So when when we see it, we're like, oh, we want it you know, and then that's it. Whereas like Paige kind of slowed Craig down and was like, you, you think you want it now, but why don't you wait a little bit and then see how this progresses. And then you think you want, you know what I mean? It's like kind of a puppy with a, with, you know, training. It's like, you have to, it's, all right. Yeah. I know it's funny to I have know. the convo too. And you're like, well, what, like, don't you want this too? And she's like, yeah, I do, Craig. Like I want to have a family, with you, <laughs> but I don't like, we have to like, I just think that girls a lot of times are a little more realistic and mature than I would have ever, you know, agreed with. We're, we lead with ego, right? You guys lead with brains. That's <laughs> the only time I'll ever say that. Oh, I know, take I, it down. It's on recording. 
But like, if you say, if, if I propose somebody and she says not yet, or, you know, gives me a reason I'm thinking that my ego is going to be like, well, fuck, you don't want me. I never, you know? I never got that perspective until now. That is interesting because like you said, Craig, you're the ones asking the questions and we're on the receiving end. So it's almost like you're staking your claim by asking this question, but we can be in this committed world before this question, because we, I can say, I felt like that before I was asked to marry my husband now, but for you, it's like a milestone that you're reaching because you're doing the asking and you have to have this answer question answer. Jen, Jen wouldn't let her fiance tell him, tell her that he loved her for, for how long, Jen? How, How long? Five months until she was ready to say it back. Yeah, and that, and like, as a guy, like, or, you know, I don't want to class it, but like most guys would take that as the biggest rejection ever to the point where like, I probably, I remember the first time I said it to Paige, I was like, can I say something weird to you? But like, it was probably cause I like was almost like, I, I couldn't even like, I can't even kiss a girl first with like, unless I know she wants to kiss me because my fear of rejection is so mm. high and I've never even applied it to this whole proposal thing. But, um, you know, it's, uh, re- the fear of rejection is, is big. And I think, but it goes to your point, Rob, the ego thing, like it's, that didn't mean you didn't love them, Jen. You were just like <laughs> doing it the pr- appropriately. Well, you know what, for me, it felt like what you're saying about engagement, how it sets that train in motion. And I was like, I don't want to set that train in motion yet. I want to still learn each other. I want to enjoy it. Like you said, I want to go through things together. I don't want to put that like, not that it's a negative cloud, but like this new element in place where now we always speak to the love and the referring to it. We did dance around it. So it's not like he thought I didn't love him, but we just didn't say the exact word. So we would, she wrote it, she wrote it in a, on a postcard. What did you write it on a, I wrote it in a greeting card celebrating five (laughs) months. That's nice though. I think it translates so on the back end, you know, and I think, I I think it does. Oh no, Craig, you don't have to be nice. Well, no, but you can either have it now and like deal with the issues later or deal with them now and then really have a strong marriage. And, um, I think you'll see a lot of that in a couple different shows <laughs> coming up in the next two Good. years is some of those combos of I'm glad our podcast is relevant. <laughs> yes, I know. Uh, so speaking of, of having, you know, foundation and building and all that other stuff, one of the things uh, for you that we've kind of seen on for you over the years is, you know, having support. For you know, because one of the things I was talking to Sassy about in her podcast, why I don't watch The Housewives, is because I like watching people on reality TV that take this opportunity and make it into something bigger. You know, taking it and then expanding their life with it. Whereas The Housewives are women that already have pretty much everything they want, and then they're just destroying it by being on TV. Not always, you, but a lot of the time. I watch. So you have a business that you started that we saw grow over the years on the TV. Tell us, tell us about the pillow business. How important is it that that's supported by your partner? Because you probably, I'm sure Paige is very supportive, but in the past, maybe it wasn't necessarily understood by your partner and therefore not supported. So how did that start and how important is the support for you? Yeah. I mean, I, what was really fun about the business and I, I, you know, I'm glad it worked out cause I ended up writing a book about it called pillow talk. And it was really, I'm happy that there is a light at the end of the tunnel for people. Like, obviously I'm happy, you know, selfishly that it worked out, but I'm really happy that it made all of those struggles being filmed kind of worth it. Or, you know, that people got to watch this story that was not an overnight success. You know, it was a, a pretty uh, extreme roller coaster ride. You know, when I started the business, I I just always thought doing something different, having the confidence to do something different was attractive. So I was actually very surprised uh, when it was not received well, which, you know, there's a million other reasons, I'm sure. But, you know, when I was able to find myself, you know, I moved to the Bahamas and I was able to find myself down there and I had left my garden behind in my workshop and I, all I have was my sewing machine. And, you know, I thought I was going to make clothes, but I had never been taught how to make clothes and it was very difficult. And I remembered how to make a pillow from home ec class in seventh grade. And I just started to sew. And I, I remember listening to like Taylor Swift and Eminem and just sewing and sewing and sewing. And, uh, 
it was, I finally found happiness again. And, you know, I got lost for a while with how to actually start the business, um, you know, as a business major, I, I, but I couldn't get out of my own way, my OCD and my perfectionism. I, until I found my two partners, which we don't have to get into, but I tell, I speak around the country a lot. And when I speak, like for me, finding partners was the answer, but sewing down South became my girlfriend and my partner, which was the, the best kind of recovery ever. Like when you have a business that you care about, you really don't need, like that is your relationship and, or a passion or whatever it may be. And so once you're okay with being alone, which is difficult, I mean, really, like I moved, I make that joke all the time. I moved out of the country, you know, to like get over a breakup. And that doesn't mean they were the right person for you, but breakups are tough, especially that mid 20 breakup where you think it's your person. And like all of a sudden everything that you thought was true is not. Um, So sewing down South became my, my person and to have a, a partner come into your life that respects your, respects your business and loves it, uh, was just the coolest feeling. Like Paige is so supportive of the company. Um, you know, one time, I don't even know if she remembers saying this, but she just said that she can't wait to like, you know, have babies at home and be working on sewing down stuff, like sewing down South stuff, like one day or like designing or whatever. And I was just like to, to incorporate it into like a familial plan is pretty cool. And, um, yeah, I mean, she's, she's tough on me, but, uh, which is good, but she's never tough on like the business side of things. And she's proud of me. And, um, we've got our second line that we designed together coming out this fall. So, Oh no shit. Yeah. It's been really cool to our, so if you see anything black and white with sewing down South, it's part of the page collection. So I don't, I don't have that black and white. Yeah. We, I do. I, I do have. Oh, no AM. way. That's awesome. I'll get I you mean, guys, people, I'll get people, you guys some stuff. I love it. I get a lot of compliments on this one because I have it right on my couch. Sunburst. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it, look, I know it's a long story, but it is uh, like if you have a partner that's not supporting you, not in, like not speaking of my position, but people reach out all the time and they're like, you know, I want to pursue my side hustle or my passion, especially because of COVID. Like so many people from working from home got to pursue these like side hustles and they're not happy in the job that we're at or whatever. I was for like, I I was the only person that thought it was a good idea. Like no one else in my life. They all thought I was crazy, except I had my parents. Like my parents trusted in me. They didn't understand it, but they trusted me. So I hope people's partners out there are supportive. Cause if not, like that would just be, you know, soul crushing, but. Yeah. And also if it's something you're passionate about, how could you, if you love somebody, how could you not like want to support in some way, shape or form? You don't have to like offer to, to join in with them or whatever, but there has to be some level of support because I mean, it's just like, it's a stupid comparison, but like, I like watching sports. I'm kind of like a guy's girl in that way sometimes, but like my husband's a massive New England Patriots fan. So I am now, I know Rob, sorry, but I now love watching football. I get fucking pumped about it. I love watching the Patriots, not the same without Tom Brady, but we're just going to let that go. And I'm super into it because a, it's not, I'm not like totally giving myself away. Like I like doing it. It's something that's not like totally out of the realm of things I like to do, but he's super into it. And like, it's fun when I can be involved and like drink beers with them and go to a bar. Like it's fun for me too. Like you have to find the fun in it. Like Paige can help you design some of the pillows. Paige talks about like the future and how it would be fun for her to be involved. Like that is something that I think if you're on the receiving end and you have a partner that has a passion and you're like, uh, I don't even want to hear about that. That should be a red flag for you too. Like maybe yeah. I'm not, you might not have to, you don't have to understand it, but yeah, you don't have to understand it, but if it's important to your partner, it should be to you. And that sounds cliche, but that's just true. Um, yeah. Paige is, Paige is a Ravens fan now. That's her. She comes to the Ravens games with my, my family and, uh, she like bought outfits around it and stuff. And that's her way to make football fun is she's like, wait, I kind of like black and purple. And like, you know, <laughs> I have so much new England Patriots gear. It's like not funny. I don't need any oh, more cool. clothes. So what we've discovered is you guys don't like to win. That's fine. Anyway, we uh, two Super Bowls in the last Decade and a half, yeah, somewhere around. We there. crushed the Rams. Or you the, had the one fucking year, Rob. Okay, <laughs> calm down. Who's your team, Rob? 
The Eagles. Eagles. Oh, all right. I, I mean, yeah. I don't hate Philly, but my, my yeah, there he is. Going to Philly is always the always an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> well, so then you guys have the podcast, right? You guys have pillows and beer. Yes. And what do you, you guys talk about? You're getting more into relationshipy stuff between the two of you, but. Give us, give everybody a little dabble that haven't, you know, tuned in yet of um, what they can expect in a lot of the episodes. Yeah, so we're uh, so we're on the same network as as it's complicated. Believe, shout out to them and Ron. You know, Austin and I started during COVID, which a lot of people did. Um, ours started as Instagram lives where we would just find any alcohol bottle in the house and drink it with um, people on Instagram live with us and it turned into a podcast, but we weren't organized. We didn't know what we were doing, but we have a whole bunch of like, you know, kind of celebrity friends and athlete friends through, you know, the last decade of just, you know, the, the world is a lot smaller than people, you know, sometimes realize. And I make pillows and Austin makes beer. So it became pillows and beer. And, uh, when we found believe we became a little more structured and uh, so we get, we have two episodes a week now and, um, and it's a lot of fun. We talk about, you know, it's not necessarily a Bravo podcast for a long time. We had pretty strict rules about that. And so Austin and I talked about just life, like, you know, whatever conspiracy is happening at the time or whatever drama online or just random, um, disagreements like Austin loves the notebook and I love the holiday. Like we just are very opposite on, <laughs> awesome. on everything. And so I think you get to see another side of us, um, outside of Bravo, which is cool. And it's an easy, you know, we like it to be an easy listen that you can just throw on. And we're actually going on tour again this November, um, which will be fun. We've set the alcohol sales record in a few of these venues oh because my God. our our amazing listeners and fans shout out to our besties uh like to have a good time so we love <laughs> Those fans to call are crazy. the listeners the besties ours are master daters so oh that's amazing yeah yeah we love that okay so remind everybody craig where they can listen to your podcast where they can buy your book where they can when they can see southern charm what that um, airs in September and where they can follow you, where you can get the pillows. Yes, I will. Oh, and the only reason and the way the besties came about was I call everyone, my best friend, like, Oh, like my best friend, like Jared's joining us. And they're like, Craig, you guys barely know each other. And they're like, we'll be your best friends. Wait, so Um, are we best friends then? Because you joined us. Well, we are real best friends now and I got to get you guys some selling down South stuff and, uh, you have to come on the podcast, but I'm going to send y'all, wait, do you have a request? Oh, wait, I do. Okay. Because we, before you came on the show, we were talking about pillows because Lauren and I are big pillow advocates. Obviously Rob actually has your pillow, but like I'm sitting currently in a pile of pillows and my fiance and I go back and forth about like why I have so many pillows and why he has so many plants. So yeah. So for every plant he gets, I get a new pillow. So now I can say he can have a new plant because you're going to get us a pillow. Oh, That's awesome. And it's a pillow created by a dude. So I feel like this will like kind of supersede all of his thinking about pillows and that it's like, girls like pillows. Why do you have literally piles of pillows? Yeah. Well, that's, well, maybe if, as long as I send them to you, then it doesn't break the rule. Yeah. And if you send them to them, Craig, then they can see how they're like got pillows behind them now. We can just put your pillows behind them. Yeah. No, you know, and we make, um, I'll send you one of our sleeping pillows too. We make sleeping pillows that are incredible. Ooh. Yeah. I'll send you our sleeping pillows because I want a sleeping pillow. I designed so pay. Well, this has no reason. This has nothing to do with why we like started making sleeping pillows, but Paige said one of the first things she noticed when she stayed over, like the first night was my pillows and like paid attention to them. And I was like, all right, guys, see, it's important to have comfortable pillows. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll get you guys some stuff, but if for everyone listening, check out sewingdownsouth.com. Um, you can listen to pillows and beer anywhere. Podcasts are found, uh, buy my book pillow talk. Actually the paper book, the paperback version has an extra chapter about Paige because when I wrote the original book, it was a little early to include her in the book because I didn't know if it would be creepy or what was going to happen. So the paperback actually has a bonus chapter. You can listen to it on Audible. Um, I actually, that was a really neat experience reading for your book. Oh, watch uh, Southern Charm comes out September 14th. 
Um, this will be w- one of our wildest seasons in a really long time. This goes back to like very raw, old school Southern charm, which shows you how incestuous Charleston really is, which mm. we'll talk about next time. Um, but everyone has dated everyone. And um, yeah, I, 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 I think it's going to be a really fun fall and I'm really honored that you guys had me on. I think it was a great conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. We are really honored that you made your podcast re-debut on this show and love fellow Believe Networkers. And and we'll have to have you and, and Austin on together so we can talk about more stuff. Because there's always Yeah, I think in about three months, no, in a in about two months, you'll have a whole bunch of questions we'll, for us we'll that we'll actually be allowed to answer Yay, when it comes to perfect. I would love that. Thanks again for joining us and to everybody listening, continue to listen to It's Complicated. Join the class of master daters on social media and obviously like, share, follow, comment, um, all the things. And you can find me at Jennifer Golden on all the social meds. And you can find me at Lauren Leonelli on all the social meds. Rob? You can find me at Forever's Evers, F-O-R-E-V-E-R-S-E-V-O-R-S on Instagram only. Fuck all that other shit. No dating apps for Rob yet. All right, guys. Thanks again. Thank you, Craig. And we'll be back next week. Bye. Thanks, Craig. Thank you for listening to It's Complicated. And now that we're going steady, come back next week for another date with Jennifer Golden, Lauren Leonelli, and Rob Evers.